Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Huge show in store for you tonight. I know, I know it's not the normal time at 7, but we're not going up against BK at 7. And we're not going up against Thursday Night Football. We're just not doing it we're just not doing it Woodlawn and Zachary play tonight two four-star quarterbacks um two four-star quarterbacks going at it here tonight inside the state of Louisiana one committed to LSU obviously the other one going to Alabama I am not sure if uh, Eli Holstein will play tonight, but we'll see. We'll see. Hey, kind of now, Jesus. Says lots of pauses in the intro. Yeah. If you're talking about Coach Pros, then yes. Yes. So we do have a big show in store here tonight. LSU keys to victory. Guys, we do this every Thursday. I give you three or four key things, in my opinion, of how LSU's got to win this game. Last week, we were damn near flawless. Is, you know, I said if LSU doesn't come out first or fast in the first half offensively, they're going to really struggle. But defense would win you the game. Um, we'll we'll tr- we'll give a pretty at least my game plan. Really, it's a game plan of how to t- attack Tennessee, right? Like it's it's nothing special, but it's just how I would attack them moving forward. Let's see if LSU does that. Does that. We'll get into that. We'll spend a majority of our time here tonight talking about keys to victory. We'll get to a lot of your comments as well. And hashtag Ask Blake. So if you comment, thought, concern, any of that, get it to us inside the Rudy Crew chat. We'll get to as many of them here tonight uh, as we can. David Cohn, former Michigan quarterback David Cohn from Crane and Company and the Daily Wire joins us at 6.30. Want to talk to him about, you know, look, he's played quarterback at a very predominant school. He's played quarterback in college football at a high level. I want to get his thoughts on Hinton Hooker, and we'll go around the SEC in college football as well, maybe dab into the NFL just a tad with Cone, and we'll see. But I want to I want to know what he sees when he sees Hinton Hooker. How does LSU contain or stop him uh, this upcoming Saturday? Uh, we'll get all of those thoughts. Also, Uh, The Saints are in big trouble, y'all, in my opinion. Guys, I think they're in big trouble, uh, so we'll get to that as well. Like, I think that they're in big, 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 big trouble. 
big trouble. Now, you know, you say that, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But I, I still think the Saints are, are in deep trouble. Deep, deep, deep trouble. Uh, Joe, Jason said, should, so let's get to a couple comments, though, before we get started. Uh, Jason said, should have played BK Audio from Auburn. Yeah, uh, see, here's the here's the thing about that, Jason. Um, they'll let national media guys play that. They won't let us. So there you go. There you go. Adam B says, dang, Blake got them long ads on YouTube now. Move over, Mr. Beast. The Rafinos are moving in. I don't ever watch the show, so I couldn't tell you. That's a, That's got to be a YouTube thing. That's definitely not me. Definitely not me. Um, that's that's for damn sure. That is for damn sure. I'm not doing any of that. I, I see some people in here talking about Chris Hilton. Wayne McBride says prayers for Chris Hilton Jr. Uh, guys, we put this on the message board, but Chris Hilton Jr., who has been frequent on this show, LSU's wide receiver, uh, went underwent surgery today on his shoulder. Um, some believe it could be season injury ending, but I'm not going to go that far yet uh, from some things that I hear. Um, let's, But it may be. It may be. I know that Brody Miller said sources confirm and all that kind of stuff, but let's see how the rehab goes. But more than likely, he's right. More than likely, he's right. Uh, but, yes, Chris Hilton Jr. did have shoulder surgery today. Uh, Logan says, in your opinion on needing prime for Thursday night football, your opinion on needing – Oh, I, I mean, I have prime for a whole bunch of reasons. I don't have it just for Thursday night football. Um, I'm not a big TV watcher, guys. You know, like I don't watch a lot of TV outside of football. So I have stuff like that. And uh, what's the thing that Game of Thrones comes on? Uh, HBO, Hulu. Like we got all of it. And we got basic cable or spectrum, whatever you want to call it. Um, my wife makes me get all of it. So, because shows come on different things and all this kind of stuff and happy wife, happy life, dude. Happy wife, happy life. I'm not, I'm not, you know, that's one. Look to all you people that have girlfriends, fiancés, there's certain battles you fight and some battles you don't. Sometimes you just got to pick. I, so I lo- I learned this the hard way. There are just some battles you just don't need to fight. That's probably one of them. Jamie Brady says, Max Johnson out with a broken bone in his hand, question mark. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, and it's only getting it's only getting worse for Texas A&M. They're a very beatable team now. I don't think they go their traditional eight and four. I think they're looking at a six and six, eight and Six and six, seven and five type of season. Haynes King is worse than Max Johnson. A lot of you don't like Max Johnson, so imagine a quarterback that's worse. Um, unless they go to Carter, Connor Weigman, the five-star quarterback, they're not going to do anything. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't – you know, look, man, I, I don't um, – I don't like what – you know, if I'm an A&M fan, I'm writing this season off, in my opinion – Jimbo's got to get a new offensive scheme in there. He won't do it. It's going to be his downfall. It's going to be his downfall. And how crazy is it that his ultimate downfall is going to be the same as Les Miles when you try to fire Les Miles and Jimbo Fisher would have been your next head coach, man. I I mean, look, talking about dodging a bullet, and look, maybe we dodged a bullet twice. Now, some people believe that Scott Wilbur really wasn't after Jimbo, that he was doing Jimbo a favor. Maybe. Maybe. I'm assuming this is Mike Scarborough from TigerBait.com. He says, go, Blake, go, Blake. Thank you, thank you Mike. Y'all get he, he, talking about YouTube ads. Move over Mr. Beast. That's Mike. Tyree Love says, simp talk. Don't know what that necessarily means. Don't know what that necessarily means, but, but, you know, um, but yeah, but yeah, it does look like Eli Holstein's back and going to be starting tonight per source. Just got a little text message. 
Blake, I'm out here in Zachary. Eli Holstein's warming up. He's getting ready to go. Okay. All right. We'll see. All right, let's do this, guys. Everybody do us a favor. By, let's get this thing rolling. Our keys to victory. We'll spend all of our time on these keys to victory. I'll give you what I believe um, and why I think LSU is going to win here. But everybody do us this. Do us a favor by hitting like and share. Share to all of those Facebook groups. Guys, if you're listening to us live right now on Facebook, you guys have been blowing up our Facebook numbers. Thank you so much. Continue to do that. Hit the like. Hit the share. Share to all of those Facebook groups. Share to all your social media pages. We greatly appreciate you doing that. Also, if you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell, all of that good stuff. You know, I put a lot, I put a lot of stuff in our message board thing. Go subscribe, $7 a month, guys. It's not that much. AYSSnetwork.com. Go subscribe there today as well. If you're listening to us on TuneIn, XM Radio, anywhere you listen to audio podcast, rate, review, subscribe, all that great stuff. We greatly, greatly appreciate you doing that. Score predictions. What are your score predictions? You can fire them inside the Rudy Crew chat now, and we will get in, get to them um, outside of the break. Let's do this. Let's pay these bills. Let's talk about our good friends over at GM Varno and Sons and BetOnline.ag. Guys, we return in one minute and 15 seconds. Got a lot to discuss on how LSU is going to win this game. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Varno and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales, no job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you. And then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell me, good friend, Blake Rafina. Sit you on by. All right, let's get this thing rolling, y'all. Let's get this thing rolling, y'all. A lot of people f- firing in these score predictions. Julius on Facebook says 28-21. So does Danny Broussard. Craig Jones coming for the jugular in this piece. Says LSU 38, Tennessee 20. Wow. Boogie season on YouTube says JD5 called that meeting. They're mad hyped up. They are mad hope. They got they put 300 plus passing yards on this team. You're not going to need 300 plus passing yards to beat them. I'm going to tell you why here in just a second. <coughs> James Sells says LSU 31, Tennessee 24, and based pill clips on YouTube says 28-24 LSU. So listen. Um a lot of people are asking me if I'm going to be positive here with LSU. Yeah, I can be. I can be positive or realistic. It's up to you. It's up to you. So, in these keys to victory, okay, they're really simple for me. Very, very simple for me. Number one, guys, you're playing at home. you got to kind of use the crowd to your advantage. You have to use the crowd to your advantage. Okay. I I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I do think my game plan would be, this is just me. I don't know if LSU is going to do this, but this is just me. We've seen Tennessee be vulnerable 
in the running game. Okay, we've seen Tennessee give up long runs to Florida, Pittsburgh. We've seen Josh Heupel type of defenses do that in the past. I don't know if you don't come out and try to play a little bit of keep away. Because their offense is going to go really fast. That, now, let me say this. This doesn't mean that you can't have times where you don't go fast. But I think the number one key for me is that LSU's got to win the time of possession. And if they dominate time of possession, I really do believe that LSU's going to win. The best way to shut down a really good offense is holding on to the football. That's how you do it at times. You know, you, 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 you throw the ball. You can come out throwing the ball 15 times out of 17 of the first plays, especially if you're connecting. I don't care about that. As long as you're moving the chains and holding on to the football. I'm not saying wait till the last second to snap the ball. That's not what I'm saying. Now, that may not benefit your quarterback because Jaden has shown he wants to go fast. My concern in this game is if you start getting in a in a shootout, if you start trying to go toe-for-toe with Tennessee and Hendon Hooker, you're going to lose, right? Like, let's be realistic, okay? The good thing is, the good thing is, is that you can do multiple things. You just cannot let Tennessee go march up and down the field. I think LSU's defense will do some good things in this game. I even think Hendon Hooker, he's due, guys. I said it last week. I'll say it this week. He's due for an interception. He's due to throw a pick. Now, Willie, I don't know. Young, The young man is very smart in all his decision-making. The way to keep him on the sidelines is exactly what Ed Orgeron did in, 20, in 2018 in that bowl game when they kept the ball away from that UCF offense. They kept the ball out of Josh Heupel's hands. 44 minutes of time of possession. You're going to have to run the ball. You're going to have to be successful in running the ball. You get Garrett Dellinger back. Utilize him. But, you know, if if I'm Brian Kelly and I understand that Jane Daniels and the wide receivers, maybe that players only meeting worked for them. And if they're connecting and hitting on all cylinders and you feel that you can go toe-to-toe from what you've seen this week in practice, okay, fine. But I, if I'm Brian Kelly and Mike Denbrock, I'm going to my offensive line and my running backs to say, guys, we need you to win this game. And, and you don't have to do even what you did last week and running the ball for 200 yards. Now, I hope that they can. I think that they they have the potential to do that because Tennessee's front seven is not better than Auburn's. And guys, quite honestly, when you run the football for 200 yards, 195 net rushing yards, you're really pushing some people around. You're really, really, really pushing some people around. Josh Williams is a physical running back. Now, you can't, you can't go out here and go 8 of 20 or, 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 or 11 of 26 and total passes thrown for 80 yards and beat Tennessee. You just can't do that because they're going to score some points. Guys, I feel like Tennessee can go anywhere in the country, Alabama, Georgia included, and score 25 points at minimum against anyone. Against anyone. Play a little bit of keep away. Run the football when it warrants it. Hey, if it's second and four, if it's second and four, instead of trying to pick up the pick up the first down through the air or calling a pass, do an inside run. Get two or three yards, third and one. Maybe you can run it again. Pick up a first down. Let that clock bleed. Let the clock bleed. I'm not saying play conservative. Guys, and, and here's the thing. When you talk about running the football, playing time of a, uh, playing a time of possession game, that's not being, you know, people will call that conservative. That's not necessarily true. 
Because what you're doing and what we've seen your team be able to do is be able to run the football and lean on teams in the third and fourth quarter. Why don't you come out and utilize your strengths? Now, the last thing of number one, you cannot, you cannot have penalties in the first half and shoot yourself in the foot. You just can't. You got to come out fast. The game is four quarters. It's not just a third and fourth quarter game. It is a four-quarter game. At some point, LSU is going to have to come out and start swinging. You're going to have to go Rocky Three Clubber Lang. Bell rings. You got a new style. You come out there, bop, bop, bop. Punch them in the freaking face. Show no mercy. But go out there and start jabbing. Take some body shots in the running game. Make sure they remember the reason they play, or the night, or the day they played LSU. Number two, if you're able to utilize number one, keeping your defense off the field as much as you can is going to lead you to keys, a key of a victory. This defense has shown, guys, they're really good defense. They showed signs a season ago they can be a very good defense. You know, the one thing that's so funny that I often think about so, and I've thought about this so much this season, so much this season, is we've damn near replaced our entire secondary and have gotten better. So far, so far. We've gotten better in the secondary. Are there still some blown coverages? Yep. Yep. But they get it adjusted very pretty quickly. Doesn't really happen again, does it? Once you've seen a blown coverage on a route that somebody runs for the opposing team, you don't really see it happen again on that same play, do you? My point being is this defense is very well coached. Jamar Kane, Robert Steeples, Kerry Cooks, Matt House, Brian Kelly knows what he's doing defensively. Look at the defensive coordinators he's brought in at Notre Dame, Cincinnati, Grand Valley, whoever it may be. But you're going to have to, you're going to need a heroic performance from your defense to win this game. You're going to have to get after Hendon Hooker with four dudes. You're going to have to get after Hendon Hooker with four guys. Can B.J. Ojolari save you again? Because I do think that you have some guys. Tillman, Tennessee's elite wide receiver is going to be out. So now you got Brew McCoy from USC who's coming in. They like to get him the football. But you're going to have to be lights out defensively. Guys, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. I will tell you this. If, if you hold Tennessee to 14 to 17 points in the first half, you're going to win. You, if you hold Tennessee to under 17 points in the first half, you're going to win. Because I think at what LSU does and how they lean on teams has been their biggest strength. The number 17 in the first half. You do that, you're going to win. Number three. Number three. You know, really and truthfully, really and truthfully, you got to believe. You just got to believe a little bit. The crowd's going to be into it. People are going to show up. You got to believe. You know, what? this is what I don't want to hear. What I don't want to hear is like what Joe Burrow said about LSU in 2018 when they played Alabama. Oh, we know we had no chance. That Joe Burrow, look, Joe Burrow's not wrong on a lot of things. That one in 2018 wasn't one of them. They could have beat that team. 
Tua threw his first pick against LSU that season. They could have won. Offensively, you didn't have the game plan ready to go. They didn't have the game plan ready to go. They won 29 to nothing. LSU could barely move the football. Reason you lost by 29 points because you couldn't move the ball. You could have beat them. Tennessee's not Alabama. They got some really good players. They got a really good system. But if you're going to ask me, if you're going to ask me who's got the better talent overall as a team, it's really not it's really not that close, guys. LSU through recruiting has brought in better classes than Tennessee. You pay a coach 90 million dollars guaranteed, he has to show you why he's here. You know, Jimbo Fisher's made fun of a lot. And maybe rightfully so a little bit. Maybe rightfully so. But the truth is, I think Brian Kelly, even though he doesn't have a national title, in-game adjustments and offensive schematics are a lot better than we, we've seen out in Aggieland. Maybe Jimbo just needs to go smoke a fat bowl of weed and go out to the midnight, you know, midnight train. I don't know if what they call it. All I know is you got a whole bunch of white dudes wearing overalls. Scares the shit out of me. But those are your three keys to victory. You can do it. Number four, I don't think, and the last one, we'll get to some of your comments, and David Cohn, former Michigan quarterback, by the way, um, is going to be joining us, part of the producers. Uh, let me, or they told me he's here, so we'll get to him. Number four, I don't think that you stop Hendon Hooker. I don't think that you stop him. I think you got to contain him. You got to find a way to contain him. Guys, you don't you don't always just go out there and stop really good players. The best way, the best way to contain a quarterback that's as really good and some may say elite like Kenan Hooker is, guys, you got to get pressure on him. You got to get pressure on him. That's just the bottom line. All right, let's get to a couple of these. Travis, I knew you would like this. The midnight train. Yeah, I know. I know. It is what it is. But tell me I'm wrong. I mean, guys, we rip on Jimbo Fisher all the time. He's getting paid a lot of money for what he does. But, guys, we saw a season ago, Ed Orgeron would not have won you the game against State. He wouldn't have won you the game against Auburn. I mean, that's just my, my full belief. Dwayne says, if we have four coming after Hooker, then DBs have to keep their eyes out of the backfield and do your job. Well, you have some of the best pass rush in the country, so let's see if you can get after them. Let's see if you can get after them. Uh, Jason Brumfield says, bourbon and biscuits with an LSU win would be a perfect Saturday. Yeah, I know Big Game Boomer. We talked about this last night. Said LSU's not going to pack it out. Guys, that's just not true. Y'all know that. I know that. It's not. It, that's re very remotely from what's going to happen. Guys, so I passed by LSU today. Brian Kelly was doing his press conference. Guys, there's people out already tailgating. I thought I saw like 14 RVs. Guys, it, it was Thursday at 4 o'clock. I, I mean, y'all know how it is when a top 10 team comes into Death Valley. Any Really, any place... You know, like Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, Michigan, Ohio State, wherever that, you know, these bigger programs, Texas. I, I mean, guys, come on. Like, let, let's be realistic. You mean to tell me Texas is going to pack out at 11 a.m. against Alabama and LSU with a top 10 team coming in here is not going to pack out the, the Valley? Come on, bro. Dude, it's going to smell like jambalaya and, and fireball is what it's going to smell like. Y'all know it, and I know it. All right, couple more, then we're going to get to David Cohn. Um, I know, man, y'all chill out. Y'all chill out with the midnight train. That's not, It's not a sexual reference, or maybe it is. I don't know what Jimbo likes. Edward O says, Hooker hasn't seen a good defense yet. Well, what's interesting, and we talked about that last night, man. I mean, look, Elish, you know, we trash on Auburn a lot. Man, they have, they have the 37th defense, total defense in the country offensively with Harsons where they've struggled. So, look, we'll see. 
All right, let's do this, guys. Let's get to a very quick break. David Cohn from Crane and & Company and The Daily Wire joins us next. We're talking a lot of Hendon Hooker. This man played quarterback in college football, man. I mean, he's 6'7", got a rocket launcher of an arm. You know how I know that? He told me so. So we're going to get to it next. David Cohn is going to be joining us. Let's talk about our good friends over at Gramco, thegramco.com. Guys, we return in 45 seconds. Let's talk some football. Guys, I've got to talk to you about our good friends over at Gramco. They are the Delta company based out of the state of Florida. They're founded by college football junkies just like you and I, and I am not sure if you're familiar with Delta 8, but you need to be. Gramco is the absolute leader in this field, and they have phenomenal products that I just need to tell you about. First off is the Wake and Bake Coffee that is absolutely spectacular. The gummies are as well as they're the best in the market. So go to thegramco.com right now and use the promo code AYS25. That's thegramco.com, AYS25 promo code to get 25% off of your order. Jump on this fast as it is perfect for holidays, anniversaries, and everyday use. Gramco is hemp-derived and completely legal inside of the state of Louisiana. No medical card is needed, and shipping is very discreet. You must be 21 years older to order. Again, that's thegramco.com. Use that promo code AYS25. We're back! David Cole! What's up, my man? What's happening tonight? Uh-oh, you're on mute. You're on mute. Unmute yourself. Can you hear me now? Yes, yes, we got you. Yeah, they just loaded me down with, so you tell me if it's not working right, all right? No, you're good. We got you now, brother. Hey, a couple things. First off, thanks for having me. No problem, dude. No problem. Right in here, because I have three things. First of all, the the rocket arm comment, I appreciate that, but there is a Twitter handle out there, Cones Laser Rocket Arm right now. Make sure that that is not, you know, you might be thinking that's me hitting you up with the information. It could be the Cones Laser Rocket Arm account. Okay, oh so well, well. Look, I can't confirm or deny where I get my sourcing from, Cone. I okay, mean, it's just the truth. I don't want to, and I don't want you to, you know, sell out any sources. All right, that's first off. Second off, did my man Big Game Boomer really say LSU wasn't going to pack out the house in Baton Rouge yeah. with number eight coming to town? Yeah, I'm gonna have to call him to the principal's office again, like I did last week, B. Well, well, look. So he said, "Well, you didn't do it last year against Florida," and all all of LSU fans start tagging photos to him, and he's like. Hey, oh, well, I didn't know that. And they were like, well, that's the point. I mean, the number 18, David, is coming to the, you know. I'm telling you right now, I, I, you know, I don't know what level of trolling is going on with BGB, but I'm telling you, man, the LSU fans, and I'm not just saying it, B, because I'm on your show right now. Whenever we do a story on LSU, that thing rides. I mean, y'all ride as a fan base. I was oh, just no, telling no. my dad. My dad's in town right now. I was telling my dad. If you want, man, if you really want to see a fan base go it's LSU for sure. And now number eight's coming to town. And I'm telling you, Blake, this this Tennessee team is good. This so, Tennessee team is good. I'm excited for this one. So let's go there, David. I, look, I want to get – and because I don't know what to make of Hendon Hooker in the sense of Cone. He's thrown 45 touchdowns to two picks. I, I mean, mm-hmm. he hasn't thrown an interception all season. I guess when you look at Hendon Hooker, because I don't know how you stop him, Dave. Like, I, I really don't. I guess when you look at him, what do you see in Hendon Hooker? I, I see exactly what you're talking about. I look for two things when I'm grading quarterbacks. One, completion percentage. His is 71% B. All right, that's good. And then I look at touchdown to interception ratio, and you just laid it out. I mean, what does he have? Zero picks this year and two in his career. And you could see, like, hey, who did he beat out last year? Who was the starting quarterback? It was the Michigan transfer. Right. Joe Milton came in, was overthrowing a lot of balls. Hinded Hooker came in. He really was moving and grooving with that offense. Everything Josh Heupel wanted to do. I think Hendon Hooker is an elite quarterback. Now, at the beginning of the season, I was still in a mode where, hey, I want to see a little bit more from him. Whereas, you know, I think Jake and especially Blaine Crane on our show, uh, they were big believers in his right from the jump. But I tell you, he's as good as it gets. And like you said, you're not going to stop him. 
right? You got You have to figure out a way to contain him and maybe get him flustered a little bit. Maybe get him flustered. And if you can go into this thing in the fourth, in Baton Rouge, if it, it's if it's even close and you can go steal this thing late, I'm telling you what, that place is going to be rowdy. And you look at at y'all's quarterback. I'm looking at Jane. I'm looking at numbers down here too, Blake. I mean, you're talking about 68% completion percentage. Also, no interceptions. Also, dangerous on the ground. Also, if you rush past him with edge rushers and you leave the front door wide open in the pocket, he's going to take off and hurt you. So I'm telling you, I think that this thing could be interesting, Blake. And the common the 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 the, the word out on the street right now is if this thing turns into a shootout in Baton Rouge, if Tennessee LSU turns into a shootout, that favors Tennessee. And I've been nodding my head to that, right? I've been nodding my head. Tom Luganville came on the show and I got to thinking about it right before I came on here. And let me tell you why I think if this thing turns into a shootout, the LSU fans might should get excited about it. Because if it turns into a shootout, that means y'all are scoring on Tennessee right? That means y'all are scoring on Tennessee. And if I had to pick a team late in this game to go and get one stop, because that's what you need in a shootout. You need that one stop late. I'm looking at LSU's defense. All right. You just sold me. All right. I like, I, I thought the opposite con. I think you just changed my game plan. Okay. Look, cause I look at Orgeron who went against UCF, obviously Josh Heupel, completely different team, but same exact scheme. They held the ball for 45 minutes, but they still threw the ball 41 times. Burrow threw for 400. I, I mean, there's ways you can go tempo without really going tempo, but mm -hmm. I agree with you. I, I think that's an, that's really interesting, Cole. I'm not saying try and get into a shootout with them, Blake. Don't get me wrong here. You okay. should not make that your game plan. Yes, shorten the game against them. Yes, stay in bounds on plays that you could get out of bounds. All of those things, yes. You don't want Josh Heifel's team and Hendon Hooker to have Makes the ball sense. more times than they need to. All I'm saying, if it turns into a shootout, if things go into the second half and a lot of points are being scored right, I'm saying that means that your offense is scoring on them too and so i wouldn't hang my head late in the game look no one's going to be surprised if if tennessee were to win a game 48 to 45 right they come in there and they right. win that game i'm just saying a shootout by definition means that you need one of the teams to stop the other at least once late in the game and i think that's lsu's defense so cone let me ask you this hypothetically on both sides of this i'm going to ask you lsu and tennessee if tennessee wins Monday morning, what's the perception around them? Obviously, they'll have Alabama the following week. We'll learn more about them then, too. But if LSU wins this game on Saturday, I guess when you turn on the camera Monday and you guys start breaking down college football, what would be your thoughts on both teams coming out of a win in the top 25 matchup? The way they win uh, would, would matter, certainly, but I think automatically you're putting them in the four, five, six com uh, conversation. So what I've been saying right now is to me, right this second, as we sit here today and every week changes, right? We're getting, we're getting information in real time because it's college football season. Every day is different. But right now, as I sit here, the first three you could put in any order right? Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio. And this is one thing when Big Game Pumer came on this week that I didn't mind that he did. He had the Buckeyes at number one. I don't mind the Buckeyes don't mind at number one right now. I don't mind that because everyone was looking at them saying, well, you didn't blow out Notre Dame. And then after Notre Dame went and lost to Marshall, everyone said, ha ha, Ohio's not legit. Since then, all they've done has been hanging 77 on people, right? And all they right. don't even have Jackson Smith and Jigba back. I think the Henderson kid is still banged up. And they still beat Notre Dame by 11 and since then Alabama's gone and had to scrape out a win by one in Austin and Georgia hasn't looked great the last two games so to me everyone is mortal right this second again things change in real time but those first three to me you could put in any order and then I've been saying that this week about number four and number five Michigan and Clemson to me obviously you know I played at Michigan I'm very intrigued for our second road game of the season we go to Indiana uh, everyone wants to talk about our non-conference schedule being weak and it is so if you're looking for me to come on here and duck that I'm not going to be the person who does that but I will say all the players can do is play the games that are scheduled right mm -hmm. that's that that's all they can do and look efficient doing it there's many times Michigan's had a weak non-conference schedule and they'd win a game 37 to 17 well that's different than 57 to nothing right? right so look as efficient as you can I thought they looked good on the road at Iowa let's see what they do against Indiana and then Clemson 
you know, I was I was with everyone else, Blake. I was calling for a quarterback change too in Clemson. I didn't think DJ Uungalale could get the job done. You go on the road and win at Pitt and get in a shootout with Sam Hartman. That's a nice victory. And then NC State was my ACC winner before the season. They have not looked great. You kept the 36 or 37 game home win streak, whatever it is, alive for Clemson. So you could put them in the four or five order for me. Tennessee goes on the road to Baton Rouge and wins this game, Blake. I mean, I don't know how you don't start putting them in the conversation for that next tier i mean where do you where would you have them i would have them number four honestly okay. because david th- at that cone at that point they would have been in a top 25 pit at the mm-hmm. time a top 25 florida and then a top 25 at the time obviously lsu i think i could make the argument that they've had the toughest schedule in the country barring when they played those teams right you mm-hmm. went on the road for two of them Okay, and you won in hostile environments. I think I still think Pitt is a really good team. They, they are. they're really physical. Uh, mm-hmm. I would put them in the top four, be, just because Dave. Just because I mean, you can't take away the, what they've done in their schedule. LSU, I, I still think they maybe top eight, um, but that's just me. I think that loss of Florida State really hurts them, you know, because of how it looked in the first mm-hmm. half. Uh, but we'll see. Cone, I want to ask you one more LSU-Tennessee, and then I want to get around the SEC. Let's do it. Uh, Brian Kelly. Now, I know that you talked about when he was hired and you played in the Midwest, and you've seen Brian Kelly a little bit from afar. He's kind of really – I don't want to say he kind of has fit here a little bit, but Coney kind of has a little bit. You know, what is your thought so far on Brian Kelly at LSU so far? Look, you're the winningest – you're the winningest football coach in the history of Notre Dame, man. You can coach football. And I love what I think you said this to me. Matt Moscona said this to me. T-Bob A. Bear said this to me. Yeah, culture's all great and all, but you know what we're trying to do down here is win. we're trying to win football right. games, man. Where did where did Saban come from? Y'all act like Saban came from up the road in Baton Rouge or something. No, like the last three coaches there have won national championships. I don't think anything is different for Brian Kelly. Um, you know, you, you heard a, a lot of Notre Dame fans saying, well, the problem was with him recruiting well no 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 the problem wasn't with him recruiting it was he was there was a problem in big games you know like well well, which one was it you know because if it's the recruiting well you're talking about a state where it's all LSU man it's LSU and then the hope is that you leave there and go play for the Saints okay you can put a fence around that state no doubt Um, and then if it's if it's big game production I just don't know I just don't know if I really buy that And, and you're talking about the Florida State loss you came out that's not a great loss early on especially where Florida State's been at a pro uh at as a program but then Blake what have they gone and done they reeled off four or five wins in a row that win is or that loss by one is starting to look better and better right. and now LSU is undefeated since then I think if you're an LSU fan with all of the problems with all of the problems um that existed prior to Brian Kelly coming in there you have to be ecstatic right now and I think it was you and I were talking about on uh on Twitter with uh you know coach coach Ed Ogeron and just how much of a dumpster fire it turned into the last few years with Stories where I was hearing when Max Johnson is coming off the field after completing a pass to a tight end, he's getting yelled at by Coach O because this is wide receiver you and you don't throw to tight ends. As a quarterback right there, I understand why he transferred now. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you and I were talking on Twitter. I said, well, was the 2019 season worth it? You know, oh, it was so worth years. it. It was so worth it. I'm telling you, Blake, that may be the greatest college football team of all time. We did our list, and I put that as number one because there was nothing that team couldn't do. Mm-hmm. So you got your perfect season. To get that, you've had to go through two seasons right now of mediocre football, which you don't last too long down in Baton Rouge to do that. And now you've got a guy who comes in who still has serviceable years left, who said, I came here to beat Nick Saban. That's what he said, Blake. That's his goal. There's a fire underneath him. You bring that guy in with serviceable years still left as a coach, and you let him add discipline to this program. I think you have to be ecstatic right now at, what is it, a 5-1 and record right now? 4-1. and Yeah, 4-1. 4-1 and right Mm -hmm. now? 4-0 in the last four? Correct. And and, and look, Cone, Mississippi State's not a pushover. I mean – with KJ Jefferson, so and, and transitioning in here uh, a little bit into the SEC, I mean they beat Mississippi State, and look, State could be five and one because Arkansas, you know, I mean KJ may not play. I mean, 
I, that's another big win. If LSU finds a way to win. talking about the Mississippi State win for LSU? Yeah. The, oh, the, no, that's the best win on the schedule. Right. That's the best. When you look at Will Rogers spin the football around and you see what Mike Leach is doing. Now, one of the things I always compare Mike Leach and Jim Harbaugh is, is their eccentricity, right? Eccentricity is not necessarily a great quality to have as a head coach if you're just trying to win as many games as possible. You don't see that with Bill Belichick or Nick Saban, that kind of stuff. It is great if you want marriage advice, like we saw Mike Leach. <laughs> <laughs> this week, you know? right. But make no mistake about it. That guy can game plan with the best of them. And I'll tell you what's so impressive about Mississippi State right now, man. I know that he is an air raid guy, but they are running the football. They're running the football to yes. set up Will Rogers through the air. And y'all beat them. What I'm looking at 31 to 16, Blake. Mm -hmm. That's the best win on the schedule. Oh, without without question. Without question. And look, you want to you couldn't play worse than you did last week against Auburn. You know, and you found a way to win there. Uh, Cone, let's go around the SEC. I know well, you talk about that, Auburn, just one second before yeah. you switch because you won the second half. Right. Which is what's most important. You know, when you're talking about what, how do you grade a coach so far at a new school, I'm grading second halves. That's what I want to see. And you're winning the second halves. And you can say what you will about Auburn being down this season, and they are. But anytime you go into Jordan-Hare and get a victory, because that place to me is the Bermuda Triangle, then you you be happy with a one-point win and get out of town, right? No doubt. Well, and here's the thing, too. I mean, Cone, we saw LSU play the same type of way against Auburn a season ago. It was the same time of game Orgeron was coaching for his life we know that now you know not then we didn't know ultimately but now we knew that I don't know what happens to Harson. I guess you know we'll see Cone I want to go yeah. around the SEC with you very quickly please you told me this and I know Jake Crane told me this when I came to see you guys in Atlanta when we're sitting there in y'all studio and both of you guys said watch out for Jalen Milrow who is the backup quarterback at Alabama. Both of you were kind of hammering on him. Bryce Young goes down. Milrow goes in. I guess when you saw him against Arkansas, what were your first thoughts seeing him live and in action? Well, kind of like we just talked about LSU winning the second half against Auburn. He came in and, and he won that second half. I mean, three rushes, one by him and uh, two by um, Gibbs. two by uh, 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 Jameer Gibbs in the fourth quarter. Three rushes combined between them in the fourth quarter uh, to me is very impressive, especially when you know the game plan from Arkansas must have been, or at least I'm hoping that it was, go after this guy, right. make the backup quarterback with the Heisman Trophy winner on the bench, beat us through the air when we've gotten the game to within five points. I at least hope that was the game It's uh, or the game plan. It still wasn't enough. Uh, I think it was very impressive for a young kid to come in there. Look, I've been in those situations, Blake. I, I just know when the when the stadium's full and you're on the road and the team, the other team has all the momentum. It's a game of momentum, right? The other team has all the momentum and you're looking over at the sideline and the Heisman Trophy winner has his helmet and his pads off. That's when it's time to step up to the plate and Alabama did that. I was very impressed. But I'll tell you what, the next five-game uh, stretch that Alabama has right now is an absolute gauntlet, just like everyone's is in the SEC West. I don't know if they win all those games, Blake, without Bryce Young on the field. I I kind of agree. And, and Dave, once Bryce Young went down, I was like, I tweeted out and got ripped for it. I said, SEC West now is officially completely open. Right? Yes. Like, I, I mean, and let, because look, we got to see Jalen Milrow do this against everybody first. Oh, yes. You know, week before in and week out, series in and series out, play in and play out. You're exactly right. Right. I mean, SEC West, thank you for being open. Uh, going to hey, a, and not just the West, they're going to get Tennessee too. That's right? what's so great about Tennessee right now. And Tennessee's schedule is laid out so well because they went on the road at Pitt to play a good team, not a great team, but you get seasons on the road early. Mm -hmm. Then you get a Florida team, a good SEC team, not a great SEC team right now, but you get them at your place. Now you're going to go on the road to LSU, a hostile environment that can really test you before you go and get who? Both Alabama and Georgia. So this is a great litmus test because the volunteers get LSU Georgia and Alabama. We're going to have some great crossover information here. They they could easily, you know, Dave. I said this, and I don't know how much I how much conviction I have behind this. But if Tennessee has two losses, you know, and the rest of college football kind of is a little dysfunctional, mm -hmm. could they be the team because their strength of schedule is so is so big? Okay, because look, you at some point 
you're going to play six at right now. They would play six ranked opponents yeah. at the time. Dave, that's unheard of. You know, yeah, like, no, it really is. Um, if your question is, if you're about to finish that question, could Tennessee be the first team to get in with two losses? I will say no. Okay. Could a hypo, Could you and I sit here and draw up a hypothetical situation on the whiteboard and really do a deep dive with some scuba gear on? Yes, we could come <laughs> up with a situation where we look at it and you say, you know what? I, we could feel comfortable putting Tennessee in. All I know is this. Every single year that I've watched college football since the playoff has been instituted, there's never been a situation where we've had to where we've had more than three teams who we really knew were uh, you know Agreed. able to contend for a championship. The COVID year a little bit different. Seven and one Texas A and M. I think Notre Dame gets in that year, and Texas A and M had a legit um, complaint to make with that. That was a little bit of an anomaly year, though. Could you and I make a hypothetical situation where a two-loss Tennessee gets in because of this schedule and, the, and what happens around the rest of the country? Yes, I just feel like everything's going to shake out, especially now that Clemson has passed the two toughest uh, uh, tests on their on their schedule. I still think Clemson could lose a game. I'm not handing the ACC to them. I just think that it's looking better and better for them to go undefeated. Michigan and Ohio, that thing's going to take care of itself on November 26th in the horseshoe. Let's see what happens in the Big 12 because now Oklahoma has two bad losses, right? Texas has two losses. So you're looking at Oklahoma State or maybe how legit is Kansas and TCU that we're right. looking at uh, on Saturday, which is going to be awesome. And then we also get to see Utah at UCLA. UCLA is unbeaten. USC is unbeaten. So this stuff always has a way of working itself mm. out. And I think the way in which Tennessee perhaps loses some of these games coming in will be telling too. But um, I, this is the best time of year, Blake. I call separation October, brother. I there mean, it is. You, you know, you separate rapper from candy. You know, uh, you know. And by the <laughs> way, I haven't for, for the season. I sir. haven't forgot about your candy corn take. Don't, don't you know? I'm not going to let you go on that one. No, please don't. Are you pro? Are you pro candy corn? I, Dave, I'm I'm six I'm six four and offensive lineman. I'm pro food. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like you know, like I will That's eat what anything. I needed to hear. I have started the uh, hashtag Stop Candy Corn Hate movement with my friend Michael Knowles, and uh, yeah, we're out here defending the things that matter, Blake. I, you know, you know that I'll eat. I'll eat anything. You know, my like, wife hates it. <laughs> yeah, Megan does too, man. Megan does too. I do want to get to this to to you, Cone, because Michigan, your alma mater. They intrigue me a little bit. I, look, uh, John Harbaugh, for all of his criticisms, I think it just kind of shows, Cone, that it might just take time for you to get your system in there, get your yeah. right footing in there. They've done that. And, look, I know the Maryland game was kind of an off, like, down, dreary game. They're you find though. a win. But how, I mean, like, they're good, though, man. They're Maryland's physical. Good. Maryland's good. I'm saying, you know, you don't. You're not the OC at Alabama. I'm talking about Mike's Lo Mike Loxley now. Right. Unless you can coach football, and then you go get young Talua Tungavailoa to play quarterback for you. They're good. They caught me a little bit by surprise. And again, it's not even that that game was close that I was frustrated at Michigan. It's the mistakes that they were making. That that's what I'll say. Let me just start macro for one second here, Blake, because. Lloyd Carr brought me in, and Rich Rodriguez came in when I was a junior. He came in from West Virginia, tried to run an entirely new system, spread offense with, with, with three other guys like me, slow quarterbacks, right? Drop back passers, pure pocket passers. Was trying to do that at a time when he was trying to get offensive linemen down from 305 to 285 and linebackers from 245 to 225. It just wasn't working in the, uh, in the Big Ten. That ends up, you know, that experiment ends after three years. And I think a lot of Michigan fan and and the uh, the alums and the administration and the AD were looking and saying, okay, we don't want to make another mistake. We didn't realize Michigan's floor was so low. Thirty-five year bowl streak snapped when Rich Rodriguez came in. We did. We were Michigan. We thought we were better than that. We thought we could put any product out on the field and win seven games a year. We didn't know that the floor was three wins and five wins. Once Michigan understood that, I think they said after they got Jim Harbaugh. They got their guy, played quarterback for Bo Schembechler. You finally got him to return from the pros to coach his alma mater. Even though they were struggling year in and year out and losing to their rivals, I think a lot of people in the administration said, you know what, this is better than the floor 
that we saw? Who else are we going to go get? And, and that's what I tried to explain to people, even though I was frustrated. I said, you cannot lose to Ohio and Michigan State and not win the division and not win the conference and not make the playoff year in and year out. You just can't do that unless we, as a, as a fan base and as a school and as a program, have given up on Michigan being elite. And I said, I refuse to give up on that. This is Michigan. When you put on the winged helmet, you have Everything you want is right there, but what do you have to do, Blake? I said this last year. You have to go through Ohio. Everything you want goes through them because if you don't beat them, you can't win the division. If you don't win the division, you can't win the conference. And if you don't win the conference, just like we were talking about in a playoff scenario, you can't make the playoffs. And what did Jim Harbaugh do for the first time last year? He beat his rival mm -hmm. and all the other dominoes fell because that's what it takes. And so I don't know. I'm excited for this team right now. What a lot of people outside the rest of the country, I think, don't understand about Michigan football is it is a uh, it is a blue collar mentality Agreed. you know Michigan Michigan wants to run the football mm -hmm. to set up play action you look at Blake Corum I think he's every bit the back that Hassan Haskins was last year yeah we lost Aiden Hutchinson and we lost a job on the defensive line but Mike Morris from Belglade Florida is getting after guys we got the Ebioki kid who transferred in from Alabama putting rushes on guys so I'm excited about Michigan but again let's just see we got Penn State at home we're gonna have Michigan State there's a lot of big games left I I think I Cone, they're, they're getting there, which is so good to see them back there, right? Like, you mm -hmm. want to see – like, college football is better when they're there, right? Like, when sure. they're doing and what USC they're doing. and Texas right. and Miami and all of them. You know? All right, last two questions. Very kind of quick rapid fire. I know you got a wife and, and you know your dad's here, so I'll get you out of here. Two oh, quick no problem, ones. man. They're listening. Ha number one, number one, if you had to start a NFL franchise today, what quarterback does David Cone pick? And then number two, tell me why stickers on helmets don't matter. Okay. Well, let's start with the first one. Who am All I right. picking right now to start a franchise? I mean, yeah. it, look, it looks like Tom Brady's going to play forever. And if he is, in fact, getting a divorce, I'll tell you what, I want that guy on my team. But um, if I'm starting a franchise right this second, I would probably flip a coin between Patrick Mahomes and between Josh Allen. I think that Patrick Mahomes can do things with a football that I have just never even seen. Like, it is truly unbelievable. Uh, has been, you know, hasn't had quite the, the success the last two years here, I want to make sure that complacency hasn't creeped in, right? It's one mm -hmm. thing to be so athletically gifted. It's another thing to be six foot five and run a five one forty like Tom Brady does and play till you're 45 because you've got that dog in you because you're part Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods or something like that's mm -hmm. unbelievable. I still want to see that Patrick Mahomes has that in him after winning a Super Bowl and an MVP. I think that we're going to see a lot. That offense isn't quite the same without Tyreek Hill, but they bring in Juju Smith-Schuster. They bring in your boy, who's on my fantasy team, Clyde edwards Hilaire, has been balling for me, and I'm playing Jake Crane in uh, fantasy this week. So oh, man, you got to win. You oh, got to win. Our, the loser of our match has to wear a straight jacket on the show, so I'm not trying to lose, Blake, okay? Um, but I'll tell you what, the other side of that coin to me is Josh Allen, and I know that um, I know that he was a little bit more of a risk coming out of college, uh, you know, kind of how we talked about Justin Herbert or how we're talking right now about maybe a Will Levis type, but but um, Josh Allen has really come into his own. And when I look at the things, when I look at him, we're talking about going through the front door of the pocket and getting yards right. This guy's doing that, but then stiff arming, stiff arming linebackers, Blake. And, and he can throw the ball on a rope. I think when you saw even the, even the frustrations they had late in the Miami game, not being able to line up and clock it. When I saw his mentality and how upsetting it was to not be mm -hmm. efficient in a game winning situation on the road, I said, man, I think this guy is going to be around for a long time. MVP type guy super bowl winner type guy maybe bring one of those trophies back to buffalo that's who i think man who would you have uh joe burrow yeah no i yeah we you were talking I... about joe burrow too you you know i maybe the reason you know if you had asked me preseason, i probably would have thrown joe burrow into that i uh I'm a, I'm a little bit disappointed in the way the Bengals has started off, Blake. I know mm -hmm. his offensive mm -hmm. line isn't great. I know his offensive line isn't great, but I want to see a little bit more I of agree. what Aaron Rodgers is able to do when he doesn't have a great offensive line. Get the ball out quicker to your playmakers behind the line of scrimmage. He's not all to blame for that, but I'll tell you, the other two guys I was talking about and talking about their ceilings, I think Joe Burrow has that ceiling too. So, Cone, I got I to gotta admit this. My two, really and truthfully, 
I'm an Aaron Rodgers apologist, you know, like on the field. If we're just strictly talking like on the field, mm-hmm. just what he does, man. I mean, it's just insane. Most to- accurate passer in the history of football. He's the best throw of the football I've ever seen. Most Tim- accurate passer I've ever seen. I'll get behind you on that. I wish he would put the shenanigans off the field aside, man. Me- agreed. That's the only thing. Like, if I just had him on the field, I- I- I'm there. Yep. No- number two, and and to kind of – a guy that I think is trending for me just a little bit, man – Cone, I don't know how to really put my thumb on it necessarily, but Lamar Jackson, when you're running, I knew the, where you were going, I, man. I, I knew it. I, because Cone, he's not only throwing for 300 yards, he's running for an extra 100. And you know, yeah. man, I, Blake, I've gone from, I've gone from. Well, I mean, I, I think I wasn't the only one who said I don't think he'll be a fantastic NFL quarterback. I don't think that you – I mean, look, anybody who knows anything about the National Football League understands that you can't just run your way to being a great a great uh, quarterback. I've gone from – even after he won the MVP, even after he's had success, I've gone from – I don't think Baltimore should make him the highest-paid quarterback in the league. Yeah, he's really, really good. Pay him a bunch of money, but don't make him the highest-paid quarterback in the league. I've gone from that to, well, you know, I don't know. He's staying healthy and – you know, and, and now I'm all the way on the side of man, almost just pay this guy what he wants because he's like you said, he's winning from the pocket. Correct. He's winning from the pocket, and that's the thing about mobility at the quarterback position. If you're just going to try and be a dual threat guy like a Cam Newton type, you're going to take so many hits that there is just a ceiling on your NFL career, and that's the long and short of it. I don't care if you're Superman and Cam was the closest thing to it, but with with uh, Lamar Jackson and with some of these other guys, even like a Kyler Murray, they're using their mobility to extend plays so that they can then still throw the football and that used to be something when you watched a Dan Marino who was slow but great in the pocket or Peyton Manning and Tom Brady who are slow but great in the pocket they were extending plays because they were able to step up and slide and shuffle these other guys are doing that but then also I mean Kyler Murray had a play the other day what did he run 85 yards in the backfield before he threw the pass against the Raiders and tied up the game right that's what's really impressing me about Lamar Jackson he's every bit as good as advertised I say he's the Aaron uh, Aaron judge of of pro football right now because he's in a contract year he's breaking records now let's see what both of those go and do now that it's playoff when it gets playoff time you know well look as a Yankee fan if they don't pair Aaron Judge I swear to God we're we're rioting man you're a Yankees fan too Matt Moscone is a Yankees fan there's some LSU Yankees connection over there well well it, you Go know, ahead. there's a lot of Italianas down here in Louisiana. All right, you know? fair enough. But you know I'm riding with the Bravos, man. I know, I'm with I the know. Braves. Um, but don't worry, Blaine Crane will, will show you some love on the Yankees. But uh, let me get to the more pressing issue here, Blake, which yes. is why stickers don't count on helmets. All right, this started because I had no idea that the two gentlemen I host uh, Crane & Company with, who um, I thought were sports experts, I had no idea they were going to put the uh, Ohio Buckeyes helmet at number one on the greatest football helmet of all time and i said it's just a silver helmet what are you talking about and they said no 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 it's really cool with the with the buckeye stickers i said the buckeye stick those don't count those are player incentivized stickers that a guy gets to add to me what is the stock helmet what is the helmet you're issued on day one that's the team helmet that's the one that needs to go up in the college football hall of fame that's the one that we need to judge a college football helmet by not after it gets decked out with all these incentive incentivized stickers like that now someone came at me the other day and said well michigan's doing it now too you know jim harbaugh started putting them on just like bo Schimbeckler uh did i said yeah and i don't like it i'm not afraid to tell you so I got, I will admit this. I will admit this. I'm not saying this because you're on the show. I tweeted it when it happened. Outside of the purple and gold helmet down in the bayou, my number one helmet would be the Michigan. I well, love it. You dude. know football, Blake. That's what I, I'm talking I about. I love man. it. But dude, there's just something about it, man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's just something about it. That, you know, the tradition of it. I love it, brother. But David, thank you so much for joining us. I know that they all know where to find you, where they can catch you, but just in case, tell everybody where they can find you. Man, please watch our show, guys. Blake, I really appreciate you having me on. Watch our show, Crane & Company, when you're not watching uh, AYS here. Uh, we're on at uh, 6.30 a.m. Central. We're on uh, 90 Minutes, and we're at 7.30 Eastern. And then you can follow me on David Adam Cohn on Twitter. Uh, look, any engagement, guys, really, it means the world to us because we're able to keep talking ball and bringing you all the analysis. Um, but, Blake, this is great, man. I can't wait to do it again soon. Oh, we're definitely bringing you back, brother. Thank you so much. 
Hey, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Hey, we got to get you very quickly. We got to get you down here, though. We got to get you down Death Valley. You know, Bama comes into town this year. Maybe the, you know, Crane hey. and Company, you know, like. Hold on one second. I'm ordering my flight. Uh, All right, done. Come on, man. I will do with Jake and Crane, uh, Jake and Blaine came down here. We'll show you around. It's going to be fun. All I'm going to tell can't you. Wait. Just leave your phone. Tell your wife you're going to be okay. Nothing bad's going to happen. A little, maybe a little etouffee. Oh, man. Maybe a little jambalaya. Oh, dude. They had gator. They tried gator for the first time. I think they enjoyed it. That was their first time? I think so. I, I think so. I love gator. I love boudin. I love all of it. Yes. But I'll tell you what I had for the first time at Final Four down there. I had rabbit for the first time. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I got to be honest. It's not maybe a comment. It's It's good. It's good. You got to put it in a good stew. You know, Dave, they put it in a lot of chili around here, too. People don't know. No, that. this one was in a stew. It was like a pot pie or something. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. You got to watch out for much. it, man. You got to watch out for them, them Cajuns, man. <laughs> Thank you so much, buddy. We'll see you soon. Thanks, man. All right, see that's ya. David Cohen joining us. All right, let's get to our final break, and then we'll get on out of here. So about a good friend, Carol Falls over at State Farm. We return. We're, gonna, we're not going to be long. Uh, we'll get, then we'll get out of here. Woodlawn and uh, Zachary playing. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. I did just want to end the show with this. Guys, I think the Saints are in trouble. I think that, you know, I'm not. they're not going to lose Sunday. At least I don't think that they will. But, man, you got Burrow in two weeks. Burrow comes down to the boot. Seahawks have kind of busted a grape here and there. I don't think it's going to be good. We'll pick that up soon. Let's get out of here, Let's get out of here though. Let's go watch some football. See y'all soon. See y'all Saturday morning. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.